According to the Reverend Byron Thomas of North Georgia, the Dagara people of Burkina Faso and West Africa have a custom that may sound a little strange to you initially, but bear with me because I think there's a parallel in their custom and to what we are doing in worship today. According to the Dagara people of Burkina Faso, when a woman is expecting, this is a momentous time in the life of the unborn child and also of the community. And so the village priest and the elders will take the woman to a secluded area beyond the village compound. And there the woman will be placed in a trance by the priest for the sole purpose of asking the unborn child, what is the business of your soul for coming into this world? What is the business of your soul for coming into this world? You see, the Dagara people believe that no one is an accident, that we are all here on purpose, and that our worth does not come from anyone outside ourselves. We were born into this world with intrinsic worth and value. If no one wants us to be a part of their group or their club, we are still of worth and value that God incorporated into the very fiber of each person's being worth and value. And once the answer is given to the priest, and how this occurs is a mystery, but once the answer is given to the priest about what the business of the child is in this world, then the name for the child is selected and given. And the name serves as both a reminder and a roadmap. A reminder to the family as they rear the child what the child's purpose for being is, and a reminder also to the larger community of what the child's purpose is so they can do their part in surrounding that child with what is needed to grow up into the person that the child is to be. Not only serves as a reminder, the name, but it also serves as a roadmap because sometimes we get confused and we lose our way in this journey called life. And for the Dagara people, all someone has to do is remember their name in order to remember why they are here. Now, why do I think that there is a parallel with what we are doing today? Well, scripture tells us that each one of us has intrinsic worth and value. Psalm 139 reminds us that we were knit together in our mother's womb and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God saw that process while it happened. We are also reminded that we get our identity in our baptism our identity, and our name, where we are called Christian. The first Christians were called that in Antioch, according to Acts 11. But those who are called Christians are followers of Jesus, of little Christ. We may not think of ourselves that way, but that is what the claim is. And in baptism, we are told that we are God's dearly beloved 
child, God's dearly beloved daughter or son, and that our lives have meaning and have a purpose. Scripture is full of promises and of what we are to accomplish, reminders of our purpose. Isaiah, from which Reverend Wilson read earlier, is one of the books that I love to go to for promises. It tells us things like, if it were possible for a woman who has given birth and nursed and weaned her child to forget her child, it would still not be possible for God to forget us because God has us inscribed, carved on the very palms of God's hands. It tells us that no matter what happens to us in this life, that nothing will be able to separate us from God's love for us. It tells us that though we walk through the waters, we shall not be drowned. Though we walk through fire, we will not be consumed. That our lives have meaning and that God is a part of our lives. Confirmands, I want you to hear me say to you clearly today that you are not here accidentally or just because your parents signed you up for confirmation class because it was time. You are here because you are to be about God's business. God has a claim upon your life and a purpose for your life, and you are God's dearly beloved child who is being incorporated fully into the life of the church today. Our business, for all of us who claim to be Christian followers of the way, is that of the church, to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. The words that were read earlier from Isaiah 42 underscore this, where God says, I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to others, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison of those who sit in darkness. That is our overarching business and purpose in this world. Now, I have some words of caution, not just reminder of whose we are and how God never leaves us nor forsakes us, but just because we are here on business, just because we have been born and formed, does not mean that we will always be accepted, loved, or welcomed by the world. In fact, when we are about God's business, we may find that we face opposition, that there are those who challenge us and who think that we are misfits, as Reverend Jared said so eloquently for the confirmants and their parents before church this morning, for those of us who refuse to conform to the world, but instead to be confirmed in Christ. When we do that, people may not understand us. And during those times, we may find that we are discouraged because we are seeking affirmation. And our hope and our prayer is always that within this imperfect body called the church, you will be able to find those who will encourage you and affirm you and help you follow God. 
Now, the other thing those of us who are older will tell those of you who are younger is that even though we know we have this overarching purpose, there are times that we are unclear of what exactly we're supposed to be doing right now. I love the words of Thomas Merton, who once wrote a prayer, my Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. So whether we are clear or unclear of what our next steps are, of what we are supposed to be doing, the fact remains that we have a purpose. And the overarching purpose is to be a part of God's unfolding story in the world, to yoke our lives with God and to live the lives that God created us to lead. Hear this word. And this, again, I'm indebted to the Reverend Byron Thomas. I want to give credit where credit is due. Friends, we can never be depurposed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and we were born and formed for such a time as this. Hold on to that truth. Now, next week, we're going to officially launch the sermon series that I said started today, entitled The Path, Getting From Here to There. But the first step on getting from here to there as God's dearly beloved children is claiming our identity of knowing who and whose we are so that we can trust that God is at work. My prayer for our confirmands and for all of us today is that we would be able to hold on to the truth that we are here for a purpose, that God claims us and will equip us, and that we cannot and will not be depurposed because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Thanks be to God. Amen.